Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Takeaway Club where I talk to interesting people across different walks of life to get to know their stories and more importantly how they got to where they are. In the latest episode of the Takeaway Club podcast, I have with me Nishtha Anand, a best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and previously a strategy professional in investment banking. Nishtha, a gold medalist, graduated from Indian Institute of Foreign Trade, Delhi, and has spent the last 10 years establishing herself as a collaborative young leader with the distinctive ability to ideate and implement transformation projects focused on people, processes, and culture. During her career, she witnessed a lack of women leaders in different arenas across corporate, academia, bureaucracy, and driven by her passion for inclusion, she started to work on her book, Awakening the Rainmaker, a guide to gender equality for individuals and organizations, with a vision of forming an equality handbook for daily life, which is now the number one ranked human resources book on Amazon. In our conversation, we talk about the state of gender equality in India as things stand, the many nuanced topics from her book and some crisp practical takeaways on implementing a truly gender-neutral culture both at workplaces and households. Without further ado, let's jump straight into the conversation. Hi, Nishta. Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me over. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Happy New Year. Recording this on January 1st, 2022. And I couldn't have asked for a more special start to a year than talking to you. Same year, Happy New Year to you. So actually the first podcast of the year I'm recording with you. It's such an honor. Uh, I read your book. The book, of course, uh, you have a copy right behind you. And I have one here too. So it's called uh, Awakening the Rainmaker. Um, so it's a book on gender equality. And uh, it's one of those books that doesn't, you know, uh, it doesn't come off as, you know, uh, from a place of, know high horsiness or something like that it's a very practical handbook something that everybody will be comfortable reading about such a delicate topic we'll talk a lot more about the book but before we get there i'd love to understand a quick background about what you do and where this idea to write a book came from so uh, chris uh, i so i've been uh, i worked in the industry for uh, over a decade now I started my career uh, in investment banking and I've been a gold medalist before that through, a, through, through and through. I'm a DU gold medalist. I'm a, a MBA from Indian Institute of Foreign Trade, Delhi. And uh, I did the whole slew of things where I won many corporate competitions, was always active and got good exposure. And then, of course, started uh, my career in an industry which most people swoon for investment banking. And there I could see that there were not many women at very senior positions. And and most of the women who were there were, you know, in junior to mid roles or were handling operational departments like HR, legal and ops. Then I consciously moved to the field of strategy after that. And I was exposed to multiple business lines working across Asia. And there again, I would see working with the working very closely with the CEOs and founders that I was often the only woman in the boardroom. And most again, the same story would repeat that most women would be handling the operational departments versus meaty PNL roles. 
so that always somewhere stuck in my head and it also then reflected back on my days when i was a student in mba colleges where you again see that the gender ratio is not very good my, my like my batch had a gender ratio of 1 is to 10 so just imagine when you look at such fewer girls around you uh you keep to you tend to think okay uh, where are where's this missing xx chromosome like where are most of the women why are we lacking in role models why are there such less stories around me and then uh, 3 years back i was uh, pregnant with my first child and my husband and i were of course happy about the news but uh, we were just surprised on how this news was affecting both of us for him it didn't matter much at least on the surface for me there were there would be people who would advise okay now you should focus on your pregnancy or you know raising a child take a break those sort of things and i'm a voracious reader and i i read most many books around this on how to manage a career and a family but i was surprised that there was not much written for indian women and the things that were available in the market mostly talked about what a woman can do in order to have have it all so that's when this idea came to me that no why wait till 60 years to do something about this i want a better world for me and for the next generation of kids i want to do something about it right now that's when the genesis of this book came about and i wanted to write something practical keeping in mind the realities of indian women who are treading multiple paths of you know parents in laws if you're working then your corporate stakeholders your spouse your partner your children and in the process of writing the book i interviewed some of the most powerful women in india as the 50 most as per you know forbes and fortune ceos cmos the women in stem sports you name a field and i tried to cover a woman because even research shows that girls if they have a relatable role model the chances of them pursuing their passion and ambition increases by 70% and i like those odds and of course in the process then i also interacted with diversity experts of organizations which are doing well in the domain because i wanted this book to also become a policy handbook for organizations so that they know what they can do and what sort of culture can they offer to their employees so that they can make a career for life at the end of the day so that was the long and short of the book that's that's amazing nishtha um so we all come across a lot of uh, for the lack of a better word issues or problems that we feel very passionate about but uh, most of the time it just you know ends up being a discussion during a coffee break or a rant on social media but the way that you took that same thing and turned it into something uh, that is literally going to be around for as long as uh, reading is going to be around that's super inspirational and uh, we'll come to the approach itself uh, to the book you mentioned how you have interviewed um, successful women from across fields whether it's sports or scientists or ceos bankers uh, that in itself i found was a very interesting way to uh, structure the book uh, but before that i want to understand uh, what went between the genesis of the book and actually getting this book into shape right so uh, you don't necessarily uh, 
come from uh, a writing background. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, so what is that process like trying to figure out how publishing works, so who to reach out to, or how do I put a first draft together and all that? Sure. So you're right. I don't come from a writing background. I've always had a flair of it because I was the editor of the finance magazine in IFC. I have a white paper published uh, in my name in the Asia Pacific Business Journal on uh, the relationship between stock markets and an inverted yield curve. So things, when it comes to writing, things have been very finance-centric for me. But writing on such a topic was, of course, a very uh, new thing that, I, that I, I had taken up as a project, I would say. In terms of what went from Genesis to uh, finally getting the book published, so I think my uh, uh, these two cents would be very helpful for any aspiring authors out there as well. Of course, I think, first of all, uh, if you are aspiring to write something, be it fiction or nonfiction, the first thing is have a clarity of thought in your mind. And always, you know, whenever you're writing something, know about your target audience. For instance, in my case, I knew that I wanted to solve a certain problem. And I wanted to write a book which would cater to both men and women. Because like, uh, and you would be surprised, Chris, I have received such positive feedback on the book by men as well. They are like, you know, many of them were like, you know, we were all already sold on the idea of gender equality, but your book just lights a bulb somewhere in the head. It really even relates to us. It's not like, you know, man-hating sort of a tone that has, that, that has been taken up here. It's very constructively written. So as an aspiring author, that's very important. Have a clear vision in your head that who are you writing for and who's your target, target market for the book. So once you have that, then you have at least your first draft of the manuscript ready. This book, again, I took a, a close to a year to actually get the first draft of the manuscript ready. And in this process, it's very important that you do, you know, share a certain chapters and do some brainstorming with some trusted friends or family, because feedback always helps in really tightening your work and manuscript a little. Once you have your manuscript in place, if you do like, you can always, you know, look out for freelance editors to sort of, you know, tighten the language for you a little to just make it more reader friendly at the end of the day. If you feel that your grammar or English is not to that, uh, that strong level, once that is done, you start reaching out to publishers. And there, again, uh, you don't have to send the whole manuscript in one go. You start with framing a proposal. Wherein, again, you know, you give a synopsis for the book, you give a few sample chapters, and then you also include a section on the target market and the, any marketing thoughts you have for the book. Because as an author, your job doesn't just end by writing the book. Your job is for this book to, you know, make a difference in the world, especially when it comes to this book. So even that clarity of thought can really help the publisher also know that you're invested into your book and that you're serious in this being a change instrument. And once, of course, your proposal is ready, keeping into account all these different sections, send it out to as many people as possible. And yes, then uh, uh, it's it's just a timing, timing issue that you hear from them. In my case, uh, my proposal was accepted by three publication houses. 
and that seldom happens for a first time author so it was a great validation for the topic that i had written on and for all the inputs i got from all these phenomenal ladies and then at the end of the day it was a little bit of a fan moment for me too to go ahead with the with bloomsbury the publisher of the harry potter series for uh, everyone uh, out there but at the end of the day for aspiring authors if you're writing something with true intent and you feel that that content is strong for your target market you'll find it easier for your book to you know uh, get uh, get publishers on board right that that's super useful so everything that you said was a new learning for me uh, i'm just curious so uh, how did you go about writing so did did you used to do it like in late nights or over the weekends or was it a full time thing or the past i did a full time thing because i knew that uh, so of course there are many people who also write books along with their day jobs but i wanted to focus on this book because it was not like because i wanted this book to bring about a change and i just wanted to focus on this uh, uh, you know be very focused on this because it it was not just about research it was about doing all these interviews as well these different diversity experts these various women i got from across fields and you won't believe chris i i felt like this was like a full time thing that i was doing i would have written like hundreds of emails then hearing back from some scheduling those interviews and just putting everything in shape so i was like no i want to focus on this fully and i want this to be i i think that way i'm a perfectionist somewhere in my mind because i i just wanted this to be the best version of what it could be for everybody out there yeah that's super interesting to hear and speaking of interesting things uh so as you mentioned you have interviewed a lot of successful amazing women and uh, for folks listening the way the book is structured is uh so you have your account of a particular uh, theme or topic i should say and uh, at the end of which it's complemented by uh, something that you call as the rainmaker speak which features some expert successful women from an industry um, giving their view of things uh, so that in it itself is uh, not a very mainstream approach right uh, so in a way like uh, it's like a partnership that you have between these different women uh in each chapter so what was that part of you know ideating it like so did that just like occur to you okay so i'm going to write a book about gender equality so this is like the way to go about it was it like a right off the bat thing or something that you know struck you as a eureka moment in the middle of doing it so i think this was actually yes a eureka moment in the middle of doing it so when i started off with, with this book my focus was just to focus on corporate india and when i started doing some reading i was surprised to know some of the statistics even i didn't know those for instance our female labor force participation rate is distressingly low at like 22 23% or in the prime working age of 30 to 50 years 3 out of 5 women say that they are sitting at home 
attending to domestic duties only so this was a shocker for me i'm like no if i want this book to bring about a change or for women as a species to be respected i cannot ignore the 80% who are at home as stay at home moms and stay at home wives that's when i broadened the scope of my book and if you see the book then starts from the upbringing bit of things because that is where the true change needs to be brought about the way we are bringing up our young boys and girls we need to give them the confidence that they can do whatever they want to unrestricted by their gender be it for girls or be it for boys as well if they want to go into any profession which are not really you know as per the societal template let them do it let them explore so that's when the scope for the book broadened and i started with gender neutral upbringing i moved on to assertive demeanor for you know how people should really carry themselves be it at home or outside in order to be valued for whatever they are doing they first need to respect themselves and they need to have the confidence to command that respect from people around them as well then moving on to the choices you make whether to be a stay at home person or if you want to enter the corporate world and if you do enter the corporate world then through the power punch framework that i talk about what you can expect from your organization so that you don't feel guilty for your biology so th th that is how it just uh, uh, you know moved from across my writing journey and when i uh, envisioned this i was like wow i need to for this to be relatable for women out there i need the success stories too so that's when i decided to interview the women across fields uh, different fields that i've covered the likes of zia modi meher pudam ji entrepreneurs like naya sagi lizzy chapman sports people like prasprit siddhu the captain of the indian uh, national basketball team chavi mittal uh the digital actor digital influencer youtuber so those are included as rainmaker speak like the highlights for readers and then if you see that i have these multiple case studies of real people on a you know name change basis which have been included in the book like a case study of an arya or a natasha or a reema those different case studies because i wanted people to know that they are not the only ones i didn't want this to be a book you know like this person who has this decade of experience has written some uh, anthem on gender equality i wanted it to be as re relatable as possible and i wanted that people should not feel lonely in their challenges like i wanted to tell them that there are more real people out in the world who are facing similar challenges and then there are these extremely successful women who have also faced those challenges so that's when all of this came together to include these real life examples it's a good thing that you brought up the case studies as well if i recall this correctly so one of the case studies talk about this woman uh, called seema and how you didn't understand why she had taken a, a step backwards in her career when it came to her maternity leave or uh, kalpana from icici who might have unbeknownst to her made a wrong call uh, that that might have made her juniors women uh, shy away from uh, you know uh, be, being more vocal right so i really love this tone that you have to the book that uh, there is a certain degree of vulnerability to it you don't like go about saying hey i am a woman so i have interacted with women all my life uh, so i know how they are like uh, you don't do that so there is so many instances where you are like i assume this is how 
another woman thought about things but i stood corrected when that was not the case so i saw this woman who thought uh, you know this was the right thing to do but that did not turn out to be right uh, so just i come across a lot of social media posts even though they have it comes from a good place the tone somewhere gets uh, you know uh, mixed up right where um, men doesn't feel a part of it it's like hey uh, i am not sure i am able to relate to it because it feels like the person who has written this they seem to know everything there is to know right and i am not in a place like that but you don't do that with your book so just walk through that approach so you're right the the book actually i didn't want it to be preachy at all like i wanted it to be very relatable and here again chris when even i was doing the while writing the book when i was doing the research even i was it was an eye opener for me also so even i grew in my perspective of gender inclusion and diversity while writing this book and i am very open about that fact in the book for instance you write the conversation you mentioned about when one of my friends who was working at a very senior positions and she when she became pregnant and she decided to take a break even i was surprised and i was like is someone pressurizing you for it uh, won't you be wasting uh, whatever you have worked at so far and then i realized that even i had that unconscious bias in my mind somewhere right because this is the pressure of being the one off that i talk about in the book also that unconscious and conscious bias that most women often put up on themselves the pressure of being the one off like they have the onus for the entire generation of women on them that they would be judged if they you know take a step back and then uh, what will the organization say what will other girls feel that even do they have to also take a step back when they start a family but i was like wow even this bias needs to be corrected you if you are if you are taking your decisions from a position of strength and it is solely your decision taking into account your well being then you should have the freedom to do whatever you want and that was an eye opener for me and that's what i also wanted to include in the book as well that once you enter parenthood and same for men right now you have paternity leave in place which again i have touched upon in places in book as well when i talk about that even men goes through these men go through these pressures that they need to be the breadwinners or with paternity leave there there would be men who feel like you know they may want to take it but they may feel like okay what if my manager will think that i'm a softy or uh, you know that my promotion or my variable pay may get affected i've touched upon those facts in the book as well that for both men and women this equality is about them being able to take the decisions they want to free of any judgment let them pursue the path they want to and in this the organizations have to support it by tracking data through proper policies and implementation and of course doing those debias drives so i wanted to bring all of that in a book and i wanted to as a author i write the, i wrote the book uh, you know i wanted my readers to feel that i am one among them i have say i have been through the same curve and the same journey and i've just tried to put together all of this in like a one 300 page book for it to become like a go to handbook for them and even use it as a go to handbook if they are facing any challenges in their organizations 
just you know because in india you wouldn't find many organizations investing in a full time dni like a diversity and inclusion officer or an equality officer in those cases this books becomes a very readable like there are chapters on policies and how to implement how to track the data just open the book and start having a open conversation with your manager or the leadership level in your organization and you will be surprised chris the amount of support that is there for the equality agenda when it comes to organizations corporates and even men because men are really important allies in all of this they are the majority currently and needle will not move unless they are truly invested in this agenda and the good part is you know men as spouses as fathers they have become more invested because they see they see their wives trying to manage a career they are more invested in the achievements and education of their daughters and that has really uh, been a good instrument of change so i wanted all these relatable aspects to be covered in the book yeah so as you mentioned uh, so the best way to describe this book would be like a practical handbook for uh, companies right so this would make for like a terrific read for uh, somebody like a leader or a reporting manager uh, but at the same time you know somebody who's just starting out or uh, co-workers right uh, so which so you are tied down all of these uh, different stakeholders uh, in something that you call as uh, the power punch framework right uh, so for folks listening uh, in a corporate sense uh, related to gender equality what is the power punch framework and uh, how does an organization take away actionable items from once after they learn about it sure. so uh, i got this uh... Uh, the power punch framework came to me because uh, from the it's like a boxing analogy sort of that i formed like just as you want if you have to deliver like a powerful punch you have these five fingers and they need they each have a their own important role to play and for a solid fist for you to deliver a solid punch all of this has to work together right for you to like go all strong and all out there so that's where it came to me from an organization construct also i said for any organization to be able to make the best out of the the human resources and the workforce that they have they need to have a power punch at play because even you would appreciate chris today the war of talent is actually very large there is dearth of good talent and every organization is spending millions into hiring people into retaining them into training them right so you need to for you to actually for you to make a lot of business sense from the dollar amount that you are spending on the human resources of your organization it's very important that you give them a conducive environment too and for that this power punch comes into play and in this i have defined five influencers which are very important for any employee to be able to give their best in the organization and not be bothered by you know factors like the age they are at or their marital status or their parenthood uh, journey or those things the power punch framework actually outlines for an organization how they should work so that the employees are solely judged on their uh, merit and what they bring to the table in terms of performance and these five influencers are firstly leadership because leaders 
set the tone for everything. There is this very interesting uh, quote which came from my interaction with Bia. She's like, if the tone on diversity and inclusion is serious enough by the leadership level, that change will cascade throughout the organization. So the tone of the leadership is very important. So A, leadership. Second is your reporting manager because that's a, he, uh, he or she is a very important uh, factor in how your career pans out. Uh, it's not wrongly said that, you know, people often change organizations not for money, but for a better boss. So that reporting manager is a very important influencer. Thirdly, your peers. Even your peers play a very important role in your working journey. The juniors who work with you, the subordinates, whether you feel respected enough. Like in the book, I talk about this very important bias, like the queen bee syndrome. There are often subordinates who feel the same negative feedback when a male manager is giving, they take it more constructively versus when a female boss is given, you feel like, oh, uh, they sort of take the liberty of giving feedback back to their female manager. Or they feel like, oh, she's extra uh, critical about things because they in their mind are uh, used to more participative style of management by females maybe, right? So the juniors. And the, uh, another, the most important one, one of the most important ones is the HR, the human resources, which I call as the umpire, like, you know, compared to a cricket cricketing match, like they are that neutral party who needs to hold all of this together. And often HR is looked at like a demand, you know, like a supply function, ki, okay, they're just there to support. But they can play a very important role in being a demand office. Like they need to demand that accountability from all of these other stakeholders to actually build that solid fist. And all of this has to be supported by conducive policies in any organization. Like the likes you already have, you know, uh, the paternity leave, the maternity leave, uh, things on uh, uh, mental well-being and wellness. So all of this, when this comes together, makes corporate systems more efficient systems and you can actually see better financial performance as well. If your organization is implementing power punch in the true sense, you will see improvement in your profitability in your net margins as well. Right. Uh, so uh, you actually uh, go on to give examples of some of the successful companies uh, who do this not for the sake of PR, but actually from a place where they want to bring about meaningful change. So to that end, what are some of your favorite campaigns as a woman that you have seen companies roll out uh, which you thought were, you know, uh, really big strides in uh, the journey to gender equality. So uh, the few organizations, very interesting things that they have done. For instance, uh, I've as a consumer as well, like as a consumer brand, Procter and Gamble, PNG has these beautiful campaigns, and they are highly invested into socially responsible advertising. They are like, you know, we take. Uh, we take our brands as a, uh, uh, they are like an instrument to bring a social change. They are an instrument to spark a conversation in the right direction. Like the aerial share the load con uh, advertisement that that was that has been running by PNG. You won't believe, Chris, the change that they have brought about. So when they started with these ads, wherein they showed, you know, that men have not been doing laundry, something as basic as laundry. Many men do not even know about it or don't take part in it. 
and when they started the campaign close to 79% of indian men actually said that they do not know how to do laundry or they don't take part in it once this campaign was started this percentage went down to less than 50% so just this simple ad campaign was able to bring about a change in the indian society where men started realizing and they started sharing the load on these basic things or then there is this another campaign uh, by their uh, uh, the child the diaper brand pampers they have pampers it takes two which talks about you know it takes two people to bring a baby in the world and it takes two people both mother and father to really raise the kid together it it cannot be disproportionately a woman's job so that is another campaign which i really related to and i really loved the work that they're trying to do or something which they did in the us ole makes space for women where they actually sh- they actually showed uh, an actual astronaut in the ad talking about you know that the spaceship doesn't know the gender of the person in it so as girls if you have if you want to pursue a career in stem do it that is where the idea then i further read into the field of stem and i have interviewed dr rohini golpore the padma shri indian physicist or uh, dr sujata ramdurai the uh, renowned mathematician coming out of india i included their stories in the book as well so this is one brand that i really like the work they are doing or some or uh, another brand i would like to name here is sudexo sudexo is doing this very interesting thing so these are among these are the organizations where women are actually Uh, represented at the leadership levels as well it's not like their gender ratios are only about junior level women but they actually see women in their executive committees and leadership teams so sudexo has done this beautiful thing which i uh, which i feel that more and more indian organizations can also do they have allocated 10% of the variable pay to achieving the gender diversity and inclusion targets so that actually sets accountability in place more firmly when there is you know monetary incentive related to it when there is some value related to it and i feel that is a very good step which can be implemented by more and more organizations right yeah huge shout out to some of these brands as well um slightly uh, switching gears here something that i uh, wanted to uh, talk to you about is the social conditioning what i particularly found interesting was ending that passive messaging right that women are inferior you know uh, as a simple example like let's say uh, a woman goes on to ride a bike right you don't like uh, raise eyebrows over it uh, right. so uh, this i found was uh, probably the trickiest to bring into practice because i think for the folks who do as well uh their intentions are good right so hey uh, your women i am not used to seeing a lot of women right uh, geared bikes for instance and i would like to take this moment to appreciate what you do but what do you suggest us uh, let that go by let's not make a deal out of it you also give a parallel example to how uh, tapsi when one of the interviewers uh, called her the female ashman kurana she was like no i am the first uh, tapsi right uh, so uh, where do you draw that line where uh, people want to be encourage encouraging about the fact that uh, women are taking bigger and bolder steps 
and at the same time not making a big deal out of it so that that becomes the norm as opposed to something else so actually you're right no so the book what i've tried to say is of course lord a woman's achievement and that is required today as a woman if you feel that you've accomplished something because most women again it's the chinks in our upbringing as i call it we are very shy in promoting ourselves right so as a woman get out there if you achieved something phenomenal big or small don't shy away from promoting yourself or from highlighting your achievements to the world but in doing so what i talk about in the book is if you achieved something worthwhile it's not like you have finally matched up to being a man often in indian families you would hear you know little girls being told that ye hamara ye hamari beti nahi hai beta hai if she has you know if she's and i'm sure even you would have heard such comments around you like if a if a girl has scored well in exams or you know she has landed a good job uh, ha, is financially independent you will hear people around saying ki yeah, she is finally matched up to being a son that is the messaging we need to break uh, a high achieving woman can be happy in her achievements as a woman as a daughter as a wife and uh, as a mother your achievements have nothing they don't have to be qualified by your gender that is what i talk about in the book that when a tapsi said that you know uh, like she being called bollywood's uh, female ayushman khurana was again equating her success to uh, the yardstick of a male actor's success in the industry and that needs to be broken that needs to be broken a high achieving woman has to be lauded for her achievements as a woman it's not like you're finally matched up to being a man that messaging has to be broken right from the childhood stage when i talk about gender neutral upbringing you need to raise your boys and girls equally and you need to appreciate them for their respective achievements whether it's your son your daughter your daughter in law your son in law just lord lord the achievement and not like not equated to their gender i i love this um, so that's one of the part that i would i really wanted to uh, you know dig deeper into from what you have mentioned in the book and uh, for folks listening to this i highly recommend you pick up this book and in particular so the gender neutral upbringing was something that i found uh, super interesting and eye opening in a lot of ways right uh, so before we close of this conversation you cover a lot about how we can go about uh, you know fixing this or bringing gender equality whether it's at home or whether it's at workplace and uh, so all of which can be summarized as women not handing over the steering wheel uh, to men when it comes to their life decisions right uh, so what is a message that you would like to give along those lines for folks listening so uh, i would say for both actually men and women uh, it's about you know not handling your steering wheel for your life to any other person in your life basically sit in the driver's seat of your life and make your choices the way you want them to be made free of any judgment of the society around you and most importantly for both men and women if you're not happy with the way things are going in your life don't be afraid to question the status quo 
the way i've mentioned it so like as, as a woman if you feel that you you're not finding time to pursue your passion or ambition don't be afraid to question your circumstances and seek support from people around you be it your family or your organization you'll be surprised by the amount of support you can get if you ask for it in the first place and for even men if you feel that you're not able to pursue your passion which is again uh, you know you should have the freedom to be a caregiver or a bread bread earner whatever you want to be uh, here again you don't have to be in that you know society stereotype of no i cannot really relay my emotions or have those conversations have the courage to have those conversations again be it in your organization or your home and you will be surprised that you know as a team how much more you can accomplish and how much of a fulfilling life you can have if you take that approach that's that's such a nice note to end this conversation on uh, but before we wrap up uh, where can people find you and uh, where can people find your work or reach out to you for feedback or no comments or now just continue this conversation with you personally sure of course i have my so i have uh, i'm pretty active on social media on linkedin as nishthanand of course on instagram i have this account called nishthanand_author where people can uh, reach out to me have those conversations i put some interesting uh, content around this topic of gender inclusion and equality which people can actually uh, uh, go to for their continued dose of uh, motivation Uh, yeah those are the two main channels that uh, i am reachable on thank you thank you nishta uh, for taking the time to uh, do this conversation and for writing this book uh, so i would have probably mentioned this a couple of times already uh, but uh, in a touchy topic like this uh, it's very easy to get into uh, a sullen tone that doesn't really relate uh, especially with the other gender right uh, but i did not find a page here that was not inspiring or you know uh, really made me to look forward to things rather than you know uh, bemoan at how the state of things are so thanks for the way that you have uh, you know crafted this book i should say and uh, i wish you all the success in 2022 and years to come and really look forward to hearing uh, more from you around topics like this thank you so much pris i'm glad you liked it and uh, i'm happy to see that even young folks like you you're like the leaders for tomorrow and it's really heartening to see that you've embraced this book with such an open mind and uh, helping me of course to make this book reach out to as many people as possible because i do feel you know that something really magical can happen when you read a good book and i am borrowing this line from my one of my favorite authors jk rowling and i really hope that this book can bring about that magical change in india towards uh, being a more inclusive and a more equal nation hey there so that traps up a conversation that i absolutely enjoyed recording and i hope you did too if that's the case kindly consider leaving a rating on apple podcast which will help the takeaway club find new like minded people like you also consider subscribing to the takeaway club so we are at the takeaway dot 
club as well as the takeaway club dot substack dot com just hit the subscribe button it's free and uh, you'll get all the latest episodes and other articles that i'm working on straight to your inbox have a great day ahead thank you once again for tuning in to the takeaway club